MC Lobshire, the host of the Cash Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cash flow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cash flow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at mobile home park cash flow. My guest in this episode is Andrew Keel. Andrew is the owner of Keel Team LLC, and his team currently manages 14 manufactured housing communities across six states that include Illinois, Indiana, Iowa. Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee. His expertise is in turning around undermanaged manufactured housing communities by utilizing proven systems to maximize the occupancy while reducing operating costs. He specializes in bringing in homes to full vacant lots, implementing utility build-back programs, and improving overall management and operating efficiencies, all of which significantly boosts the asset value and net operating income of the communities. In order to successfully implement his management strategy, Andrew usually moves on location during the first several months of ownership to implement his management plan. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info at to start this discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, honored to have you on. It's, uh, it's great to connect. Uh, I've been uh, following, following you and some of the projects that you're involved with and uh, fantastic uh, opportunity to chat with you today. I think before we get started, Andrew, can you share a little bit about your background and your journey with my listeners? Definitely. Uh, I started out as a sales representative uh, for a company that sold websites to real estate agents. And I traveled to over 152 Keller Williams market centers across the United States, uh, basically selling websites to realtors. So that was my first exposure to real estate. Uh, The the realtors I was speaking to, some of them were investors, and that got me intrigued in real estate because I, I I saw how they were living, what they were doing. I was following them on social media, and I was like, wow, these guys are really, really crushing it. So 
I eventually left that position. Uh, I joined up with a wholesaler in the Orlando, Florida area, and I started getting into real estate, wholesaling contracts. Um, I did a couple flips as well and, you know, slowly started to get plugged in uh, to a local real estate investment group called CFRI uh, in the Central Florida area and learned quite a bit about, you know, real estate investing. And as I started to do more and more flips, uh, I began to realize that, you know, and I, I began to hear some of the stories from other, from some of the other guys that, that do flips for a business is, you know, they were telling me about 2008 and 2009 uh, and, 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 and when they lost a lot of money, you know, because they were, their whole business was based around uh, doing flips, residential flips. So I wanted to get into the landlord, you know, business. I wanted to be a landlord and I really didn't have, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, a lot of capital to invest right away to go buy a, a big apartment complex or something like that. So I was, I was uh, looking through YouTube and I found uh, a guy named Lonnie Scruggs and he wrote a book called Deals on Wheels. I highly recommend it. Uh, Lonnie uh, talks about mailbox money and buying mobile homes in parks uh, for as little as 300 bucks and putting some money into them, fix them up and then selling them on contract to an end you know, retail buyer. So I did that probably about 10 or 20 times uh, in the Leesburg and Ocala, Florida area, and really started to create some mailbox money, started to create some, some consistent cash flow on a, uh, a monthly basis. And I, it was an easy way. There was a low barrier to entry because some of these mobile homes, uh, you know, at a certain point, the tenants don't want to pay lot rent. So they're willing to just give the home away so that they don't have to give it to the park you know, in exchange for uh, their, the lot rent that they owe. So we bought several of those and uh, eventually I met a park owner and invited him out to lunch. We sat down and he was telling me how my business model, uh, you know, was, was unique and that he recommended I get into owning parks. And now I, I thought that you had to have millions of dollars to buy the whole parks and, you know, I was just, you know, a couple hundred bucks here to buy a home, you know, put in a, a, a thousand bucks maybe, and then sell it for 2000 bucks plus 250 bucks a month for four years. Those are the type of Lonnie deals I was doing. And then to own a, an entire park just seemed so, it seemed like a stretch. And as he was telling me how you can use other people's money to buy the deals and how the value is in the real estate and not in the actual mobile homes, which is technically personal property, uh, I, I, something clicked and it was like, wow, you know, the, the, he was telling me how the, the, tax ben the tax benefits of mobile home parks and depreciation. And I just, I just became uh, basically obsessed with mobile home parks and wanting to own one. Uh, after that meeting, I came home, I wrote on my fridge with a big dry erase marker. I said, my goal for, for 2016 was to buy a mobile home park. Uh, I started cold calling parks and ultimately it, it, I didn't happen. 2016, I, I didn't find any, uh, good deals and I didn't end up buying a park. Um, in 2017, I attended a couple of, uh, boot camps, mobile home university boot camps, and met some investors there that were interested in investing passively 
in mobile home parks. And then I found a deal in, in Edwardsville, Illinois. And in Illinois, uh, this, uh, this park was, was a really nice deal. It was 67 lots. And I got it under contract direct with the seller just out of cold calling. And I went back to the investors that I had met at the Mobile Home University boot camp and asked them if they would invest with me. And a couple of them were very interested in investing with me. And one of them ended up funding the entire deal, which was fantastic. Uh, and since then, I've done a couple other deals with that investor and I've brought on other investors. So started out, you know, doing Lonnie deals, you know, kind of graduated to, uh, you know, uh, partnering and doing a joint venture on a single mobile home park with another investor. And then now uh, uh, we just closed on a five park portfolio in Illinois and we raised $1.6 million uh, from 18 investors. Uh, and that was our first formal syndication. So it's been a, an awesome journey. And, you know, I'm, I'm just obsessed with the asset class that is mobile home parks especially as apartments and multifamily gets more and more competitive. Yeah, definitely an interesting story and coming at it from a different angle, right? Starting uh, with the homes and the park. So definitely appreciate that. Um, what it, about this asset class right now really excites you? Where does it play into the overall market cycle, the economy? Uh, what is the outlook for it? And also, if you could maybe talk a little bit about some of the states that you're investing in, why you invest in those states, um, and what uh, what what states are attractive for for you um, as far as uh, what you're looking for in mobile home park uh, investments. Yeah, so mobile home parks are a very unique asset class. I guess the biggest thing uh, that you have to overcome is the stigma, right? There's this big stigma around you know owning a trailer park and trailer trash and you know, trailer park boys, you know, the, the, the show and eight mile. Right. So there's right. this stigma and I'll never forget the very first investor that I approached to invest in a mobile home park. It was actually that first deal in, uh, in Edwardsville, Illinois, the very first investor I approached him. And this is like the wealthiest guy my family knows, right? Like he coached me when I was like in, uh, in little league baseball. So I was like, this guy is a sure thing you know, he will definitely invest with me, you know, has the Ashton Martin, has the, uh, the fancy cars and huge ginormous house on the lake. And he's also a really nice guy. So I invited him out to lunch. We sat down and I said, Hey, you know, here's the numbers. I'd, I'd like you to invest in a mobile home park with me. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, Andrew, I like you, but there's no way I'm going to invest in a trailer park with you. He's <laughs> like, there's no way I don't want anything to do with trailer parks. I don't want you know, cause it just, not, it's not a sexy asset class. So right. I think that's a great thing. You know, now, you know, at that time, after that meeting, I was kind of bummed about it, but I'm, I'm, thank God I didn't give up. But a lot of investors, they had, there's that like, like sticker shock, right? It's like, like what, you know, in trailer parks, I don't want to invest in those. Uh, but luckily I, you know, after that meeting, I, I found several other investors that were interested in investing in the asset class. Uh, but I love mobile home parks because I don't have the repairs and maintenance that most apartment complex and single family home landlords have. You know, I only own the dirt, which is underneath of the homes. The tenants own their homes 
and they just paid lot rent. And that is a magnificent, it's basically a big parking lot. And that helps tremendously because it's scalable. I can easily acquire multiple parks because I don't have to have a full-time maintenance person, you know, taking care of, of several different old mobile homes. The tenants are responsible for their own, you know, improvements and repairs to their, their home. Uh, so that's a, a big factor. The, the biggest piece is that there's limited supply and there's extremely high demand for affordable housing. So, I mean, we're the most affordable housing, most affordable form of housing in the United States. I mean, where else can you rent for 250 or 300 bucks a month? I mean, these, these mobile homes are the most affordable option. And the supply is very limited. I mean, about 10 mobile home parks every year get rezoned for multifamily and, and you know, other uses and are torn down and, and you know, made into that other use. So that, that supply is shrinking and you know, cities and municipalities, they don't, they don't want to approve a mobile home park development because of the fact of this, you know, not in my backyard type of mentality that a lot of people have, right? You know, if you bring right. a trailer park right in next to a, a big $400,000 house, you know, that $400,000 house is going to lose value. And th- there's a lot of other reasons, but the, the shrinking supply and the extremely high demand is probably my, my favorite reason for, uh, reason for, for enjoying and, and following and being obsessed with this asset class. And I, I found that, that, uh, that strong demand when I was doing Lonnie deals, when I was, you know, buying mobile homes and, and selling them on contract, that's when I realized, wow, there is this high demand for, you know, this, this very small, uh, you know, mobile home. And that's, that really got me intrigued. Uh, in, in regards to geographic areas of where I like to invest and where I like to buy parks, I love the Midwest. That is just the, the bread and butter. I went to college up there. I have family up in the Iowa area. And there's, there's two things about the Midwest that I like the most. One, they don't have hurricanes. So you're not going to get the consistent 100 mile an hour winds for four hours straight. That, that could really hurt a mobile home park. And uh, uh, number two is that uh, the stigma of living in a mobile home is not as strong in the Midwest. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, for, uh, you know, for lower income or even middle income families, it's kind of the norm that, you know, newlyweds go out and, and they live on their own and they, they, uh, they can live in a mobile home park. And it's not, uh, it's not the stigma of, oh, that's trailer trash. And, and down in the Southeast where I'm from, you know, I, I've experienced that where it's, it's, uh, the stigma is a lot stronger. So, um, that's, that's where I like to invest. And from a recession standpoint, too, you mentioned, I mean, this is a recession-proof uh, asset class because, uh, as you mentioned, where, where else are you going to rent places for 250 bucks right a month? Exactly. That's, that's a huge point. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, if you went back to 2008 when you know, a lot of other real estate investors were, were taking it on the chin, mobile home parks had zero quarters of negative growth. I mean, it's, it's the, the, the demand is always there, you know, even when people are losing their houses, they need a place to go. So uh, having a, a moated asset class like this is, is really valuable. 
What is the size uh, of parks that, that you started with and what you're currently buying? How many lots? And then what's, uh, what's your business plan with them? Is it kind of a value add? What are you guys doing in the, in the parks to improve value for investors? And then obviously the conditions uh, uh, and living conditions for the, the folks living there. Definitely. Um, so my first park I bought was 67 lots. And, you know, every park I've bought since then has been in that around that number. You know, I like to buy around 50 to uh, really as high as I can get. But when you go over 100 lots, the competition for those, you know, those listings is very, very high. So around the 50 to, you know, 50 to 100, I'll say, uh, number is my sweet spot. Uh, and in regards to my business plan and how I create uh, the great returns that I do is the value add play. I come in, I, I'm buying these mobile home parks from mom and pop owners that have owned these parks for 20, 30, 40 years. And at the end of that, when they don't have a mortgage on it anymore, they are not taking care of it like they, they were when they you know just bought it uh, or when they inherited it from, from their parents. So I'm buying parks that have, you know, upside, which means there's vacant lots. That means there's empty homes just sitting on that are you know, deteriorating and also that have poor marketing. I mean, I'll, I'll come in, I'll set up a website, I'll set up a Google Places page, uh, I'll set up some social media for the park, we'll put in some new signage, uh, we will rebrand the property sometimes. Like I, I bought a park in Salem, Ohio. And it was called Butler Mobile City. And this park had a, a huge sign out front that looked like a, a motel sign from the 1970s. I mean, it was huge. And it just had the, the bulbs inside the letters and everything. So we, we tore that down, put up a nice white vinyl sign, rebranded it to Deer Run. And the, the demand in that park is off the charts. And it, when it was Butler Mobile City, I'll never forget that the night before we closed, I was out at a restaurant in Salem, Ohio, and I asked the waitress if she knew anything about Butler Mobile City Mobile Home Park. And she said, oh, you don't want to go over there. That's full of, you know, full of drug addicts, and it's just a bad place to be. So I knew that that, 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 that recognition around town had to go. So when we rebranded it to Deer Run, now it, you know, it has a new, a new face, and we have implemented rules and uh, we've come in and fixed up the empty trailers or demolished them and, and torn them down and brought in new trailers, uh, to really make the park look and feel like a, a nice subdivision. And that's what people want is they want to live in a place where they feel safe and it's clean. And a lot of mobile home park owners, uh, are older mom and pop owners that eventually just start to take their foot off the gas. And with professional management, we clean up the park. We make it a great place to live for everybody. And when we do that, the demand, which was already strong, is even stronger. And then we can be choosier with the tenants that we bring into our, our homes, which is great. You're listening to Andrew Keel on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back afterward from our sponsors. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar 
presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. You're listening to Andrew Keel on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and I'm back to our interview. Are you still doing, as you uh, call it, Lonnie deals where you're fixing up these uh, empty trailers or bringing in new trailers and then uh, selling them to uh, tenants as, as an additional stream? I'm, I'm not doing, you know, just Lonnie deals uh, outside of the parks that I own. But in the parks that I own, my specialty is finding homes, used mobile homes uh, via you know, Craigslist, Facebook, you know, newspaper, wherever they are, finding used homes around my parks, buying them for, you know, pennies on the dollar, bringing them into my park, fixing them up, getting them, you know, where they are a nice, uh, stable home where, you know, the heat's working. We have, you know, we, we redo the homes to get them where they're, they're looking very nice. And then we will put them up and sell the, those homes uh, to ultimately just get an occupied lot because an occupied lot in a mobile home park because mobile home parks are all based on the income that's how they're valued so when we fill an occupied when we fill a vacant lot that adds about 30 to about 30 to 35,000 dollars in value but if you have a vacant lot that you're not going to get any uh, you know any equity out of a vacant lot when you when you go to value it with an appraiser or when you sell it so filling those vacant lots, uh, which usually costs us around $15,000 to do all in, uh, you know, add, it, you're instantly doubling your money. That's a good point because it does, it does take some money to move um, a mobile home into a park, right? Which works well the other way too, because folks would pay their rent on time because <laughs> really, I mean, think uh, about the cost just to move that, um, Move that park out of, uh, or that that home out of the park is just enormous. It's, and that's another good reason why I love this asset class is it costs on average about three to five thousand dollars to move one of these mobile homes, and that's not moving it very far. And the average person that that can't afford three hundred bucks for lot rent, they don't have five thousand bucks just sitting around, you know, to move this thing. So when we have to evict a, a tenant. We evict them, you know, and any occupants that are in the home. And then we basically file another eviction on the home and say, hey, you know, now that you've been evicted, you have 30 days to get your home off of the lot, which, you know, most of, I've never had a tenant do it, uh, but they can't do that because they don't have the money. If they didn't pay the 300 bucks for lot rent, they don't have the, the three to five grand to pay to move the home off the lot. So then we uh, will get a title to that home we'll fix it up and then we'll sell it again. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, leverage on behalf of the, the park owner. Other sources of income for a park. Uh, do you guys uh, bill back the utilities? What are some of the other streams that you, that you can add uh, on, these, on these parks that you own? Yeah, definitely. So billing back for utilities is huge. Uh, in all of our parks, we bill back for water, sewer, and trash. Uh, and that's, that's kind of becoming a standard, uh, in the industry, you know, by professional managers. Uh, I don't like pools and, and different amenities in, in the parks that I buy. The parks that I buy are all age communities. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a big difference between a 55 and older, you know, luxury, uh, amenity rich community down in, in central Florida 
compared to, you know, a home or a mobile home park in uh, Edwardsville, Illinois, that is just an all age community. So if there is a, uh, a clubhouse or a, you know, laundry you know, facility, uh, we generally just shut those down and, and, you know, don't try to capitalize on that, uh, that additional income stream. Uh, we, we just want the, the mobile home park income. Gotcha. I can see that that just adds a lot of additional headaches, <laughs> the, <laughs> maintaining, maintaining the laundry and so forth. If you had to look back in, uh, in some of the lessons that you've learned and continue to learn on, on your journey, what, did, uh, what were some of the things that you, uh, that you wish that you knew before you got into it or that you found out once, once you're into this, this investment clause? And also, what advice would you give for uh, investors looking to get into the space? That's a great question. Uh, the one thing that I really wish I knew coming in that, that someone would have given me a head up, heads up on is the process of winterization uh, in a mobile home park. Uh, a lot of these water lines uh, under the homes are above ground. So they are, you know, literally underneath of these homes, sometimes not, not very well insulated, especially the older ones. So on some of the park owned homes that either we were rehabbing or, you know, we had sold on, on contract, uh, we had water lines freezing up that would, you know, come back down to the meter, bust the meter. And then, you know, in the home, the, the hot water heater would freeze up, the, the water in the toilets would freeze up. So uh, that's something that, that I take a lot of effort and into in the fall now every year uh, is sending out notices to the tenants and uh, informing them of how to winterize their home with heat tape and insulation and making sure the meter is covered up. Uh, but that first winter was, was tough on us uh, in, our, in our first park. Uh, we had a lot of broken meters. So that's, that's something that's important. Um, another, another tip that I would give someone that's interested in getting into this asset class is don't worry about finding the investment capital first. You know, go out and find a deal and the money will come. I was so caught up uh, originally with, you know, oh, I got I to gotta line up the investors first before I find the deal. That way, you know, I'll be able to execute on my contract. And I would just tell, you know, another future operator out there, I would say, hey, go find the deal, go get direct belly to belly with a seller, get something under contract, and then, you know, go look for the money because the money will come if the numbers work and the deal is good. So that's a, that's a tip I would, I would throw out there. You've mentioned that you went on uh, the mobile um, home university, mobile home park university bootcamp uh, with uh, Frank Rolf and, and Dave Reynolds. Uh, they, they have those two. Um, was that a good learning experience for you? That really was. I've gone, I've gone twice and I'm signed up to go again in January as they come to Orlando every year. So I'm going a third time. I highly recommend that class. I mean, it's three days and it's intense. I mean, you're, you're in the classroom learning from Frank Rolf who has a ton of very hilarious stories uh, about his, his time in the business. And every time I go, I always take something away, uh, whether it's just a couple tokens uh, that, you know, save me a boatload of money down the line, you know, especially, you know, liability wise, there's things that, you know, you can learn from someone that has been in the business a lot longer. Uh, 
than than us. So I, I highly recommend the class. It's it's worth the money. And after the class, one thing that's a, a little veteran tip here: after the class, they email out uh, all of the attendees and their email addresses, and that that helped me get my first deal funded. That right there, when I got that list of email addresses and I got that deal under contract, I sent them an email and said, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. And a few of those people reached out to me right away. So very worthwhile class, not only to you know learn about the mobile home park business, but also to meet uh, investors for your deals. Great. And the, the fully immerse yourself in the asset class and learn everything from from folks with uh, with experience on this as well. Now, Andrew, a one habit I've learned um, or seen from very successful people is that they're always studying new things and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying? What are you currently learning? That that's a great uh, a great great question. Um, right now, I am engulfing myself even deeper into mobile home parks but also the syndication side of things. We just did our first syndication uh, on those five parks in Illinois. And, you know, there's, there's, we used a, a very good, very reputable uh, syndication attorney uh, to, to raise that $1.6 million. Uh, but my, I would like to understand, you know, and learn a little bit more about that process uh, because I do see us doing more syndications in the next several years. Uh, and, and that's just something that I want to, you know, because the SEC doesn't play around and you got to have your ducks in a line. Uh, and that's just something that I'm, I'm attending several uh, events uh, that I've already planned on in 2019 to, uh, you know, engulf myself in the, the raising of capital. Absolutely. And that's a great way to scale your business as an investor as well. Yeah, exactly. Where's the market currently in the mobile home park space as far as the returns, the cap rates, and so forth? Because especially in the markets that you guys are operating in, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee. Yeah, so the cap rates that I am looking for are double-digit cap rates. I want a 10 cap or higher, and those are out there in the Midwest. Now, you know some of some other operators that I know, they, they target – uh, you know, different, uh, you know, high dollar, uh, areas, you know, like, you know, like Texas and, and Arizona and Florida, and those cap rates are compressed down to, you know, about a six cap. So it's all based on your business plan and what your, what your investors are looking for. And the, in regards to returns that I'm able to offer to my investors, uh, it's, it's above 20%, you know, usually in, and that's, uh, that's off of my previous deals that I've done. Um, and it, it's, it's buying those 10 cap parks that have meat on the bone that are about 65 to 70% occupied. And then coming in using my skill set of finding homes and bringing in homes to fill the park and improving the overall aesthetics of the park to, uh, bring that cap rate down. And then my plan is to go to a bank or, uh, ideally, uh, you know, some agency debt like Fannie or Freddie and refinance the initial capital that we have in the park that we, you know, brought for our down payment and for our, our capital improvements and then refinance that cash out, pay back our investors and then, you know, 
and then just just basically own the property into perpetuity uh, and you know live off the cash flow. Can you share a little bit more on your experience uh, uh, with regards to financing these deals? Because that's a little bit of a different animal. What were some of the things that surprised you? Uh, and what were some of the things that, uh, that you kind of uh, saw going in in applying for financing with some of these parks? That's a really, that's a really good question. Uh, so my very first park, and I, I was warned a little bit by, by attending the boot camp and, and talking to some other investors uh, about banks and them being scared of mobile home parks. So my very first deal I got under contract, I was, I was, you know, I was calling about 30 to 40 banks all around where the property was, you know, trying to, to speak with, uh, you know, commercial loan originators. And when I would t- speak with them, I would say, Hey, you know, I'm looking for financing on a commercial property in this area. And they'd get all excited and say, okay, great. Yeah, we can definitely, you know, this is where we're at with our terms. And then they would say, okay, is this an apartment? Is this a, you know, shopping plaza? Is this an office building? I say, oh no, this is a mobile home park. And probably I would say 90% of the banks instantly put their, put their hands up and said, oh, I'm sorry. I, I cannot, uh, we don't lend on mobile home parks. So it's, again, I think it's the stigma uh, of, you know, just the, the asset class that turned a lot of those banks away. But a lot of those banks are small regional banks that, you know, just lend in their footprint and they don't they don't know what they don't know. You know, like mobile home parks have the second lowest default rate out of all commercial loans right now. And that's that's unbelievable. I mean, if you really look at it, the default rate on mobile home parks is 50% less than it is on multifamily. So it's there's it's a really awesome asset class and a lot of the banks don't know that. So the few banks that I did find that were interested in loaning on the property, uh, you know, they, they got it and they, they had done them before and they had worked out. So they were more prone to, uh, to lend on the, uh, on the properties. Um, but that's, that's usually what I do is I, I find a, a local bank around the area where the park is. I, uh, you know, call them and, and get a term sheet from them. And hopefully another one, I like to get three term sheets. And then I would go with the best option. Uh, there is some bigger players now in the manufactured housing lending space uh, in terms of you know non-recourse financing. Uh, Fannie Mae is a big one. Uh, Freddie Mac. Uh, there's also some some CMBS options. So there, it's it's uh, you know it's kind of been under the radar, but it's it's definitely becoming more and more mainstream. Absolutely. And it looks like there's more players and bigger players coming in in all areas, whether it be institutional investors uh, and big institutional lenders. So there's definitely a lot of interest in in an area and in a space where a lot of people, as you mentioned, uh, (laughs) wouldn't think twice about looking at it, but it's becoming a very uh, desirable asset clause. Yes, it it definitely is. And like you said, there's more and more institutional money coming in uh, to the, to the asset class. Uh, but one thing I would say, you know, to encourage people to, to get started in the asset class is that the majority of these mobile home parks are owned by mom and pop owners that have owned these parks for, like I said, 20, 30, 40 years, or maybe even longer than that, if it's been in their family. So, uh, you know, a lot of those sellers don't want to sell right now. You know, they're not even looking to sell. They're not interested in selling today. But over the next five, 10 years or so, uh, they're, 
they're going to be releasing those those properties. And you know, now is the time to to jump in uh, to mobile home parks to take advantage of that. Now, our core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? My first would be the harder you work, the luckier you get. You know, you, you got to work hard at no matter what, what business you're in. Uh, number two would be to learn all you can about investing in real estate and the tax advantages involved. I mean, that that's huge right there. Uh, and number three would be to pay yourself first. You know, one in three Americans have less than $5,000 saved for retirement. Uh, there are several books on the topic of, of saving uh, money, uh, but not uh, not a lot of Americans do. And those that do can really uh, take them take themselves and their families to a whole nother level. So those are my, my three legacy questions. Great, great. And thank you for sharing them. Uh, how can my listeners learn more about you uh, and stay informed of all the projects that you're involved with and how can they follow you on uh, social media? Definitely. If you check out my website, wefixmobilehomeparks.com, uh, you can check out and, and schedule a time to chat with me if you're interested in investing in one of my mobile home park deals passively, uh, or if you're interested in, in mobile home park investing in general, I would love to chat with you and provide value any way I can. Uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, you can, again, check out my website, wefixmobilehomeparks.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at keelteam, uh, K-E-E-L-T-E-A-M. And my website is uh, wefixmobilehomeparks.com. Fantastic. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. MC Lobshire, the creator and host of The Cashflow Ninja and president of Producers Wealth. And I'm on a mission to help you achieve economic and financial freedom as quickly as possible. I achieve this by integrating the infinite banking concept with real estate investments to increase your efficiency and returns and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware of that you're losing. I share the number one strategy for investors in my holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text cashflowninja to 44222. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. 
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.